Well, good morning, folks. It is a breakfast special show here this Saturday morning, episode 56 with Leslie Goodell that we have not heard on the airwaves in a good while, but we hope that everyone had grabbed their coffee mugs here for an early morning show. And for most of us are up at old dark 30 anyways, but thank you for everyone tuning in. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a fun, quick segment with Leslie, but it's going to be a lot of fun to get caught up with her and everything that she's been doing. And what's been going on with a special organization that she's been a part of as well. So we'll get everything going for you guys this morning. We do appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street Sports Health. We have to bring the man of the hour always, bringing the energy, even early in the morning, Servito Corleone. Good morning, Angel. Good morning, everybody. Miss Goodell in the house. Ryan in the house. How's everybody doing on this hot to be Saturday morning? How are you, Angel? Good, good. Heading down to uh, Emily Arena later on for uh, game five of the uh, actually game four of the series. So that should be a lot of fun. But it should be it should be fun. And uh, waking up early with us today, which normally he's not an early bird, is our national correspondent Ryan. Ness. <laughs> And Mr. Neff, how are you, sir? I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this fine morning with uh, Leslie Goodell. Thank, thanks to her for coming on. Um, talk a little bit about something, whatever the hell she wants to talk about here. So um, let, let, let's get to it. Let's, play, let's get right into it here. Yep, as we see here in the background, if you guys have not followed Leslie, of course, always follow Miss Goodell at Leslie Goodell on Twitter. And also, we will be talking about, as you guys can see here, underline Kendall's Crusade. And we want to get into that with uh, with Leslie. And I'm going to bring up here and fruit it forward so we can get all this together. And with that being said, we will bring on the lady herself, Miss Leslie <laughs> Goodell. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But nobody's allowed to call me Ms. Goodell anymore. That's that's my mother, not, not my, me. My apologies. <laughs> it's definitely Leslie. <laughs> How are you guys? Good morning. Yeah, How are you? We all have that sort of morning look about us. I kind of <laughs> like it. It's like, yo, let's grab some coffee. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what I said. Hopefully everybody listened. Everybody's, I'm pretty sure, got her. I think I've had like maybe three cups so far. So, But we're up early and that's just, you know, the way it operates. So thank you. Leslie, for coming on with us. We really do appreciate it. And uh, my first question is the, the move that you had from California, and I believe you were born and raised in California. Yep. The move from Cali to Philadelphia, was it one of those things that you were initially kind of like, mm, do I really want to do this? Or was it something that you knew if, if you had a passion for, you had to make the move in order to be uh, the sportscaster that you were? So, okay, I'll tell you the honest answer. And the honest answer is that I was working in Los Angeles for two years, which was my hometown. I interned there, got my first TV job in Pocatello, Idaho, which was like the end of the earth and got hired back in LA and prime sports became Fox sports. So they brought in Susie Colbert. They brought in Keith Oberman, like, you know, names far bigger than mine in um it, to ch transition over to fox sports so i wasn't you know i went from working two years in my hometown like my dream come true to um not having much of anything i i did have a 
a show called NASCAR Garage. I was working, uh, which actually ended up being a huge part of uh, racing is a huge part of what I love. Um, but I, I didn't really have anything going on. I was starting to think I was going to like start bartending and you know just pick up the pieces. And then I got a job opportunity at Home Team Sports in DC, which eventually became Comcast Sportsnet, um, to do pregame for you know the teams down there for more money than what Comcast Sportsnet offered me initially. But the vision that everybody had here for Comcast Sportsnet, the passion for the city, um, it was just so evident that this was such a great sports town. I mean, I came into town to interview the day that the Flyers were supposed to play the Red Wings in game five of the Stanley Cup finals. And oh, wow. there was no game five and I had tickets and I was, I, you know, I was, that would have sold me right there. But, uh, it was, it was just a, it, you know, it was one of those cities that the passion is so great that uh, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't turn away the opportunity. I just saw the vision that they had for Comcast Sportsnet. Well, it, it, and we know, I mean, I was from 97 till now. And, and as we hope that the Flyers will eventually get back to winning another Stanley Cup that we don't have to wait the many, many years we've been waiting for. But the transition from the sports in Philly has been humongous from 97. You're looking at now 2021. Yeah. The Sixers, I mean, are, are hopefully nonstop here going to the second round with the Atlanta Hawks, which is going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a great series, at least I believe. Even even if Embiid's in and or out, it's going to be more great. time to bash Ben Simmons. Why not? Exactly. You know? <laughs> True. Everybody's been going after him, so it's it's, it's great to at least to see that the, the sports mecca, what is Philadelphia, continues to thrive, and that everyone is so involved in sports. And and again, we won't forget the celebration comes 2017, but it's great to see that. It's it's been a nice transition from '97 to 2021, but uh, oh, it was bad in '97 when I got here. It was like the, from that to the beginning of you know the 2000, it would change drastically. But it was not. I mean, the Eagles weren't filling the vet. Remember, some uh, of the games weren't we weren't even on TV. So you know, um, yeah, it was very it was a very rough time when I got here. But the gosh, what it turned into over the next decade and a half was amazing. Oh yeah, Dio. When you were, Leslie, what would be your biggest, uh, how can I put it, the big, the biggest uh, achievement that you covered as far as like when, when the Phillies won the series in 08? Mm -hmm. Well, it's this is always an answer nobody expects because um, it's really hard to capture the emotion that was going mm -hmm. on that day, but it was when they made the playoffs in 07. Right. Because once they hit the postseason, like that was a milestone that that group of players had never achieved before. And while the World Series was incredible in so many ways, and that entire journey through the postseason was really a destiny that you could feel from the beginning of the postseason. Um, 2007, it was a bunch of guys trying to still get there. Right. And they had to grind it out. And the emotion that you, that was that was present after that moment was something that even so the next year when they make it it was like okay on to the next thing because they've been there now it was like we've done that we have to right. do more we have to do more so when they won the world series for me personally i'm standing with a bunch of reporters underneath the stadium waiting to get on the field watching it from a tv that's like this big and we're right. all staring at the screen <laughs> and you feel the whole stadium bouncing and you can't, you're not out there. So it was awesome once you got out there, but you know, the network was there, the umpires had to come off the field. It was not the same vibe for me 
personally, and even in the locker room afterwards, yes, it was an amazing celebration, but the first real celebration was in 2007, right, right. right when they made the postseason. Especially when the Mets collapsed. I uh-huh. had, had the uh, was fortunate to work the Phillies as a game day employee for 16 years, so I was at that game, and I was in right by the bullpen when we won it in 08, so electrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing though to go back and think about. I mean, there was just momentum, as you remember. Now the, the famous grand slam by Victorino against Milwaukee. So yeah. many, so many. I mean, when Joe Blanton hits a home run, you're like, oh, these guys are still going to win if, right. if Joe Blanton's hitting a home run. Chase Ollie's throw out at the plate, the ground yeah. ball. Yeah, there was just so much um, about that team that. We all loved, right? Because we all got to know them um, and the personalities. And that was why I was glad to see JT Realmuto come back this year because I felt like he gave this team an opportunity to have an identity beyond Bryce Harper for right. a longer period of time. Um, and I, I think that that's, you know, you want to wrap your your arms around a team and, and go with it. I mean, my son, who's 15, has got a man crush on Nick Maton. And, you know, it's like you want right. to see kids like that um, that are that are coming through the system and and come out of nowhere. I mean, Jason sure. Worth and Shane Victorino were two guys that Pat Gillick, um, you know, plucked off the scrap heap, if you will, and and look what they did. So um, exactly. being able to identify the players that are instrumental in a, on a team and aren't the superstar is really it, it's something that not a lot of people in baseball are great at. Right. I mean, basically, as they say, the unsung heroes. Yep. Especially you yeah, know, big sure. time when it's time to step up in the big stage. Who comes through? Yeah, absolutely. And again, we go back to momentum and chemistry. I'm a huge believer in chemistry on any team. You can put a team of superstars together, and you're not going to win if you don't have chemistry. I, yeah. I just, I really believe that. Right, Right. Leslie, I'm going to switch it up a little bit from Philadelphia sports, which is their forte, since I'm the national correspondent. You and I obviously share a passion for racing and NASCAR. I've been watching it since I was four or five years old. So I'm going to pick your brain because I know you used to do NASCAR garage and stuff. How could they take such a fantastic product and now it's just like a clump of crap? To me, anyway, I'm old school, you know, and I've said to some of my other NASCAR brethren, look, get rid of the chase. Get rid of all the rules like the lucky dog rule. Oh, if you're the first car lap down, you get your lap back, which is a joke. I say go back to old school, which I know it'll never do. Just get rid of the rules. Wherever you finish, those are the points you get. Go back to the old style rules. What is is your take on old school NASCAR and the NASCAR today, which I'll never be able to get used to? Well, they outpriced themselves. I mean, they, they, they outpriced their, their fan base. They, they went corporate, which is fine, but all of a sudden it became very expensive to go to a race because it was very popular to go to a race. And they grew and grew and grew. And so people said, you know, forget that. I can't, the, the core fans, the ones who followed NASCAR from the beginning, um, you know, you go back 20, 25 years, those, those fans were the ones that, you know, saw the origination of the sport on the beach in Daytona. 
those were the ones that, I mean, I've talked to some of these and it has to evolve because what we grew like, I love Dale Earnhardt, right? But Dale Earnhardt was not, you know, one of the original guys who was running moonshine on the beach. So you have to evolve in some ways, but, um, you know, I think they lost sight of their fan base. Uh, I remember doing a show with NASCAR Garage and we had one of the old timers on and I can't even remember his name, but we're standing at Darlington on the track. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember we were coming around this turn in the stone. So he went off the edge. He died. And then we came around and I'm like, wait, can you go back? What would you say? He's like, oh, he died. He went off the he went off that rail right there. He died. And then we came around and I'm like, really? Um, they were telling stories about drinking beer in the cars during races out of douchebags. Like that's what they did during racing. Wow. So <laughs> the sport evolved. You know, what we know old time NASCAR as is not really old time NASCAR. So. I think really it comes down to they lost their core fan base because they couldn't afford to go anymore. And I think that's where the sport that where the sport lost it. It's, it listen, it's absolutely true. I mean, we, I know that the day that Dale and her passed away it, it, as a sports fan, it, it was really bad because you felt the man who, who lived a, a crazy legacy, never finished school, became a successful business owner. I mean, everything he did with DEI, I don't like too much what Teresa did, but it's a whole different show for a whole different day. Um, but, you know, for everything that he did and to make Dale Jr. successful, it's just, it's beyond incredible. But we'll get into NASCAR talk some other times. I know we're kind of limited for time here. I want to get into two things here. Number one is, uh, before we get into the crusade, the one picture that I had posted earlier, how much is this man missed in Philly sports? Uh, you know, he was an icon. He was a legend. Um, he... He was the voice of the Phillies for everybody that is alive right now. You know, there were right. people, there are people, older people who remember, you know, uh, a lot of the other, the people that have come before Harry, but Harry's voice spans every decade of Phillies fans right now. So, you know, even my kids who are in their teens remember and know Harry's voice because they hear they hear it in videos. They it will live on forever. So, you know, he's missed. He's he's definitely missed. I think the people are unfair to the people who have followed. It's very hard to follow in anything somebody who's such a giant. Um, I think uh, Chris Wheeler got a raw deal. I think he was fantastic too, and I think a lot of fans appreciate Wheels now that he's not there and his knowledge. Yeah. And um, it, and I think that T Mac does an excellent job, and he gets you know he's got a lot of fans, and then he gets criticized because he's not Harry, not because he's you know in my opinion doing anything um, that isn't excellent work every time he goes out. So I, I think that um, you know Harry will never be replaced, and we have to look at it like that. Not at all. I want to bring up the screen here because if, if the one thing that I want to bring up as well is that how much involved are you still with Kennel's Crusade and, and how successful has it been since starting it back in 2016? So you, so this is actually kind of confusing, so I apologize because you're on the Food It Forward page, which is actually a separate page from Kendall's Crusade. However, we ran the Food It Forward campaign through Kendall's Crusade. So Kendall's Crusade was, was formed after my daughter had a stroke in 2014. She had a stroke at the age of 10. Uh, and um, yes, that's the main Kendall's Crusade page. So Kendall uh, is the one in the middle who's actually taller than all those people now um, at five foot ten. But she is um, she had a stroke. She has something called an AVM. It's a vein malformation in her brain. It's basically a cluster of unnecessary blood vessels that 
don't have capillaries. So it's like hooking a garden hose up to a fire hydrant. Eventually the garden hose is gonna rupture. So she had had two previous bleeds we didn't know until later, um, but she had this stroke in 2014 and has since had one very minor stroke. But the only way to get rid of it, there are two ways to get rid of it. Remember Mike Patterson? Remember when he went down at, um, at training camp and he had seizures? Right. Uh, he had an AVM. He had the same wow. thing my daughter had. When you hear about somebody dying of an aneurysm under the age of 40, very often there is a vascular malformation that caused that. But they just say aneurysm because that's what ruptured. So one in 2,000 people have it. They call it rare, but I think I, I don't feel like that's that rare. I know several people with them now, obviously. Uh, so our goal really with the foundation was to raise awareness on this. So Kendall couldn't get her surgically removed. I liken Mike Patterson's to stage one breast cancer versus, you know, stage, you know, three liver cancer was what my daughter's outcome looked like. Um, we looked all over the country for doctors and didn't find anybody to treat a pediatric patient with an inoperable AVM uh, in the city of Philadelphia and ended up at Stanford out in California. And he, they were the ones to give us hope. And she had radiation three different times over the course of the last six years on the brain, focal radiation to just basically blast the crap out of this thing. Um, the great news is where I've never let myself see the light at the end of the tunnel, we just learned a couple of weeks ago that it's 95% gone. And so we have light at the end of the tunnel. Her risk of another stroke is as small as it's ever been. Um, and you know, if all goes well, we should, um, we should hopefully be rid of this thing. She's been left with some deficits from the radiation. She has no use of her left hand. Um, and she's had, um, she's had, uh, you know, she has a drop left foot, but if she walked in a room, you'd never notice any of this. And she's a very bright light and, um, she'll head off to college, hopefully AVM free, or at least close to it in another year. So that's Kendall's crusade. Food at Forward was a campaign we started during COVID. I was sitting at Christopher's in Wayne, the owners are friends of mine, and I thought, how in the heck are we going to um, get these restaurants through uh, this pandemic? And um, I was like, well, if we run it through Kendall's Crusade, we can raise more awareness for ABMs and at the same time collect money. Um, and we ended up raising $80,000 during that campaign and another 20 at Christmas. We bought gift cards from the local um, restaurants, and then we gave them to food banks. So it was like two for one giving. Uh, so it was a really cool opportunity for us to make a difference there too. That's good again. I'm, and I'm glad your daughter's doing a lot better. I'm pretty sure all of us are, are and everyone who's watching the show, you know, thank God it, at least everything is working in the, in the most positive direction possible. So that's great news to hear. And Thanks. I have Absolutely. Here, about another minute or so. Are you involved yeah. in anything else right now currently as far as uh, when it comes to sports? Yeah, so I was doing real estate for a couple of years, um, more of a stopgap until, you know, or hopeful that something else would come up. I did real estate before I got into sports. So um, I uh, have teamed up with a guy named Pat Waters, who's Brian Dawkins' longtime marketing uh, guy. And he's been with Brian since his rookie year. Uh, and uh, he's got marketing a marketing company called strategic sports marketing and then a memorabilia business called sports vault which i'm sure people have yes. been to their stores over the years so what pat did is he created a we created a holding company and we're doing a startup sports agency so we're doing the investor raise right now for that to get the agency off the ground and um and then we have the two other businesses so i'm involved now with all three across the board 
and we, you know, fingers crossed, it looks like um, we will have our first school wrapped up soon for name image likeness. So NIL is going to explode next. So it'll be very interesting. Nice. Nice. And anything we can do to help promote or do something else, let us know because we'll be more than happy to, to help you out along the way as well. Um, we should talk about what once we get get rolling on that. I think NIL would be a really interesting topic for us to cover. Um, just talking about how these college athletes are making money, what the plans are to do that. I mean, it's evolving constantly, but um, there's some really big things on the horizon for everybody. Well, hey, listen, that sounds good to me. Because again, I know you're you're pressed on time here, but we do appreciate it. if you come back on it. That'd be absolutely fantastic. By the way, in case you want to roll here at Broad Street House, we'd be more than happy to have you as a part of the team here. Just <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate. It. We're going to have podcast studios in our new office, so you'll have to come to a podcast from our office one time. That would be great. Thank you. Great, Leslie. All right. So for your time, we do appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, uh, there we go. She's all right. So listen, thanks everyone. Whoa. Vito in full HD. Check him out. <laughs> Man, on <laughs> the morning. Listen, thanks to Leslie for coming on. We do appreciate it. And guys. Again, uh, one is for the Kendall's Crusade. I'm going to bring it back up here. As she talked about, it. and thank God her daughter's doing so much more better. I mean, it's always good to hear great news or something like that. So Kendall's Crusade, as you guys can see here, you'll you can click on where it says about us, and obviously you can donate it if you guys can. It, it always, always helps. And, and not just for Leslie herself, but just for AVM as well. Uh, also, um, if you guys follow her on Leslie Goodell at Twitter, you guys can always be caught up on everything that Leslie's up to. And it, it was great to catch up with her. You know, I know it was kind of like a last minute thing here on a Saturday morning to put together, but it was, it, it was great, great to, to at least see and hear Leslie. And it's good to hear also about her new venture that's going on and, B Doc, by the way, um, just put it out there. If if you happen to be listening, and I know Vito <laughs> would be humongously grateful. Just saying, B Doc, if you're listening, it would be fantastic to have you on because there's the creme de la creme, and then there's that level that you go past the screen. Well, that would be just that. So mm. it, it would be absolutely fantastic. So tonight we have what Sixers action tomorrow, one o'clock. And if Howie Roseman's listening and he wants to come on the show, God. we can bring Howie Roseman on too, just for Vito Corleone over there. The Howie Roseman just put out there. As far as Howie, I mean, here we go. When it comes to the draft, I mean, I know this, this, this year's drafts, the jury's out, but I'll give the guy credit where it is, though. He has made some. Decent trades, some decent free agent moves. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and just completely bash the guy like I usually do, but I'll give him credit where it's due. The next year, we'll have 70, 80 million under the cap. We'll probably go out corner of the market, you know, make everybody happy as far as free agencies, especially myself. And, you know, all is well being. Vito Corleone land. As, as long as Eagles are built to win the Super Bowl, I'm happy as a pig and slop. It's good that Juru isn't here this morning because he was less than pleased with the way the Phillies game ended yesterday still. Well, no run support. I mean, you know, you got Wheeler going seven in the third innings and they score one run. After, they scored, after they scored 17 runs back on a, what was a Monday or Tuesday. And just real quick, Angel. 
Were you a little bit disappointed that the Lightning blew that game yesterday? Yeah. How about that Lightning? Yeah, I. For first of all, you had Vasilevsky who was who was playing lights out for the past two games, and then he he two goals that go through one in a five hole, and then one obviously just above the pads there, and it was just. He's been so much better at net, and you can tell anytime when Vas gives up that first goal, it's almost not always, but almost a sign that, that Lightning, you know, Tampa Bay will actually end up blowing that game. I was I was kind of surprised actually they couldn't put it together, especially in the third period. The Canes were just they were coming, I mean, everything from the kitchen sink to the bats, you name it. They had their line set up the way they wanted it, and starting first, second, and third periods. I mean, they were just coming out on fire. And obviously being down two games to none, you want to try and come back to at least win one to get that momentum going. Do they win two in a row? I don't think so. I, you know, As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is that I'll be down there today, not at the, inside the Emily Arena, but outside in Thunder Alley. So I'm pretty sure all the fans and, and we're supposed to have some crazy storms as it is rainy season down here in Tampa. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to a lot of folks out there uh, maybe I'll, I'll do something live out there. Who knows? I, I know my producer doesn't like it too much when I go live, but yeah, it's you're with the fans and it's a lot of fun. And and you meet people from from different parts, so it it, it should be a lot of fun. But I think Tampa wins it today for sure. And as a matter of fact, this, Tampa I believe wins it today at four to one. Yes. Is your boy Hulk Hogan going to be there? Uh, probably not. Unless I go down there. He was there back in 04, I think when uh when Tampa beat the Flyers. Yeah. Well, it's. He's always down in, in the Clearwater area. He's, he's normally down that way, but he hasn't been seen in a while. Ever since the whole kind of big fallout between him and his wife and everything else that went on, it, it's been he's been pretty silent. He's saying his prayers and eating his vitamins for all the whole community. Exactly. Listen, it, it's just the way you know, you make choices in life, and life is all about choices. Everybody knows that. And and when you make a choice, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you got to live with it. So either it, it's unfortunate that things didn't pan out well for Hulk. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not complaining either. It's not like he's out in the streets somewhere. But he's probably just enjoying life. You just figure, you know what, I, enough of the limelight. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. I just want to go into the night and just, you know, be me. I mean, he, he doesn't. Hulk Hogan, I don't believe, needs anything whatsoever. I'm not a, a I, I haven't been a, a wrestling fan in years, only because yes, I know that people and those who want to tune out. If you are a WWE fan, by all means, here I'll give you a second. You can tune out. Okay, so your second's over. To me, it's we already know wrestling is just it, it's fake. Come on, just put it out there. It's fake, but it's good in stage. Yeah. not fake. Big oh. difference. Those guys do get hurt. No well, doubt. Yeah, they do. I mean, the injuries are real. I will say that much. I, I I'm not going to take that it's away. It's choreographed. Yeah. That's While you still can get hurt. Right. So it is choreographed. You're right, Vito. I'll give you that much. It is choreographed. Um, Vito, don't listen. You know what I said at all? It's choreographed. What do you say? Enough. Manamana. Dude, what he was doing, Vince. I mean, he he put a great product together. It's still, I mean, the highest entertainment you can find. And it, yeah, there's a lot of guys obviously that do come out of high school and they want to become wrestlers. And, and is they put a great product together. I will not take it away from wrestling because they do put a great product together. The storylines are pretty good. They've gotten better. It, it used to be like really bad before. I got to the point where it was like so operation. I think a lot of fans are tuning out. 
but I mean, you know, Monday Night Raw, you, you name it. I mean, the, the guys are doing a fantastic job. So, yes, it may not be my, you know, He's, thing, but it's it's still good. It's still a good product. It, it doesn't touch the old school. I'm sorry. No. Not with Bob Backlund, dude. The Iron Sheik. That, that's when I that, The gimmicks back then are head and shoulders above the mainstream today. There's just there's no compared. They might move better. They might be physically fit better, but the icons back then will never. These guys today will never top it. No, it, it just won't. But it's yeah, you know, it is. Listen, it is what it is. It, it's it's so either way for those who enjoy it, it's a lot of fun. So don't get me wrong. I, you know, I just talking to a mic here, and what do I know about as far as when it comes to that kind of product? But uh, for me, wrestling. Either way, I mean, it's still huge. Obviously, they had it down here in Tampa not so long ago, about four, I think it's been about a month now, maybe a little over a month. Um, two days back-to-back, granted, it rained. Like, we went for a longest streak with no rain, and then the event night happens, and just before the event kicks off, they get a monsoon that happens on Friday, another one on Saturday, but the show still went off without a hitch. And it was, I mean, it was a great setup down there at uh, Ray J. So, uh, wrestling fans, don't take it to heart. You know, it's still a, uh, it's, it's still a lot of fun for those who end up enjoying it and seeing it on Friday nights. I mean, WrestleMania is just, it, you'll never find a bigger event, I believe, uh, as far as when it comes to sports, obviously other than the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. I won't take it away from those uh, from those guys whatsoever. So, uh, what else happened on the, I'm trying to think if there was something major that happened last night. That he I is tapified now. Most people call it Raymond James Stadium. Angel calls it Ray J. So, you know now he is a, Tampa Clearwater local when he goes oh. Ray J. <laughs> he's, jo- he's joining their ranks as far as bandwagon jumping. I'm going to get you guys a couple pairs of crutches so you don't break your leg jumping off the bandwagon. There's no, <laughs> there's no I'll even FedEx them overnight to both of you. <laughs> On me. There's no bandwagon jumping. I still, as I stated before, that don't work in this town. The, the he, only team that I wander off from anywhere is just when it comes to basketball. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. No, it's not the Buccaneers. The Rays. The Tampa Rays. No. Bandwagon. Bandwagon. I'm a Pirates fan, dude. That's no bandwagoning. And that we're near Pittsburgh. You grew up in the Poconos, didn't you? When we have like a real long show, I will explain to you guys why I have chosen the teams I have chosen. There's a story behind every one. You're right. So people already right. asked me why I'm a Celtics fan is because of my grandfather. So oh, that's another show in and of itself. It's, it's, listen, Brian, don't, don't feel bad because it's the same way. My so my dad when he came over from from the island, uh, over from from Puerto Rico, he went up to now. To give you a little history here. You go from a warm environment to the frozen tundra that's up there in New England, but that's where he wanted to go. And so when he went to New England, he became a you know a Yankees fan and. and at the time, he really didn't know much about when it came to football. But he was Yankees – or, sorry, not Yankees. Jesus Christ. That freaking word came out of my mouth. But he was a Red Sox fan. And he and to this day, he's still a Red Sox fan. He became a Phillies fan because, you know, when I, my sister and I being born in Philly, we became Phillies fans. Now my sister, as the years went by, <clears throat> just like you know, Ryan, <clears throat> as Fuji likes to say, is a ring chaser. But, it, you know, I don't see Ryan as a ring chaser. But my sister became a New England Patriots fan, New York Yankees fan. The guy. <clears throat> my goodness. This guy's a former Cowboys fan. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, hey, listen, she became, she became a fan of New England sports. She became a fan of the Yankees. And I don't hold it against her. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I was able to rub it into her for at least an entire week. And then I let it go because it is what it is. 
But, you know, with, with my family still being up there in New England, could I be a Patriots fan? Of course. I lived up there for, for three years as well. So I could have easily jumped on that bandwagon there, Vito. But my heart and soul still belongs to Philly. So even though I may root for a local team down here, right, my desire is still to see the Flyers win yet another cup. I mean, we've been waiting around for, it seems like centuries now instead of decades, <clears throat> waiting for the Sixers to get back to where they were before in the promised land. And that seems to be coming forward with Doc Rivers. I mean, we'll see come game one tomorrow night. Phillies are trying to get in with Joe Girardi. I'm not worried about what Gabe's doing out there in, in San Fran land because we already know what Gabe loves to do in late July into August when it falls apart. But, you know, and, and the Eagles will get back there. I think Nick Sirianni's trying to put a good game plan together, and that's just the way I see it. So will I be a Bucks fan? No. Yes. Okay, let, let's, just because TV 12 yes. is down here, it, it means absolutely nothing. Well, now you got the Brady jersey in the back of the closet. Come on. No, there's no TV 12 jersey <laughs> in the closet. Hey, no risking, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. Come on. Okay, yeah, great coach. Doesn't mean I, I switched my allegiance over to the Bucks. Just the way there's mm. no buck stuff up here. You we, can see within stop behind there, it could be in the closet. The studio, there's no bucks and stuff up here. That's in the hey, closet, hey, I bet. Stop talking about the Buccaneers. Why? Because <laughs> yeah. they bought a championship. Yeah. And they bought the rest. And they bought the rest off. Gentlemen. Oh God. I was about to uh not to cut anybody off or Fuji's got a roofer at the house to go needs to talk to. It's, it's probably <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> well we'll end it with the roofer then. And uh, right. by the way, <laughs> just for our <laughs> Eagles fans, because you know, since some people believe that I don't fly for my guys, you're absolutely insane because I, I it will always be bleeding green nation for me down here in Tampa and along with mm. tons of Philly fans that are down here. So yeah, don't, don't by any means get it completely freaking twisted. But anyways, thank you. What all oh, Gators, Florida Gators. Well, it's, it's mm. and by the way, before we sign off here, the Gators, all college stadiums supposed or allegedly are supposed to go back to hundred percent come this fall. So that should be really good. As they should to see all the stadiums completely packed. And I'm pretty sure Dougie's going to have a lot of fun there at Clemson uh, seeing that stadium completely filled to capacity. So, uh, Everything should be opening. It's been a long time. Let's get everybody back. Let's get everything back to its normal saying. Let's live life and live every day and be happy. And now I will say in the state of Florida, okay, everyone else is learning from the state of Florida, but the state of Florida has been open for business for many, many months, right? Mm. Some other places like back home, I don't know what in the world they were waiting for. I guess they wait until everybody's, you know, dead broke and out of business pretty much. Exactly. So, yeah, you can learn a lot here from Governor DeSantis. Hate to bring the news to everybody, but red uh, red is red alert down here in Florida. Just saying. But anyways, thank you to Leslie Goodell who came on with us today, and she will be back with us. She was on a timeline crutch today, but we appreciate catching up with Leslie. Ryan, we know that you have a lot of stuff going on as well. We do appreciate you coming on. We thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, make sure to do that roof right. No, uh, no holes. Amen. <laughs> Damn straight. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking up here. I'm, I'm trying to hold back the laughter, but not too much. Come on, let it out. Let the emotions flow. Exactly. We also Don't hide nothing. Goose's Monte Crystal Lounge with Tobacco Nets. Of course, Goose's Pond Studio is where we will be September 12th. That should be a lot of fun. And as Leslie said, when they get her studio fired up, that was really neat, by the way, for her to say that. 
when Leslie gets her studio fired up, we will do a podcast live with Leslie. I will make the trip back home for that one. That was a lot of fun. So thank you, Leslie, for that one as well. That He's going to make the room for an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> no, nah, I'm more Michael Corleone than Vito. Vito was too soft. Really? Just when I get out, they pull me back in. That was Frida. Listen, everybody else, we will see everyone live on Thursday, 7.30, our regular time, unless something like a surprise that we had today ends up coming up. But for everyone else, we will see you Thursday live. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Debbie, my producer there in uh, Studio B. Debbie! We hope you Deborah, thank you. We'll see you all live next Thursday, 7.30. Have a great weekend, everybody.